Oh, we're starting. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Backstreet's Back, a podcast. I'm Taylor. Oh, wait, no. Backstreet's Back, whatever, a podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Jacob. And we're back. Yep, we sure are. <laughs> um, you can't tell right now, but I am hovering over this heater because it's a little chilly in your apartment, Jacob. And it is 20 degrees outside in Chicago, so. Yes, and it is 21 in here. <laughs> right? 21 in here? Probably. Probably. That sounds right. Um, we took a brief week. I can't say words. We took a brief week off because um, I don't want to spoil your update, but you had to take a week off, and now we're, we're back. And it's not Halloween anymore. And our Halloween episode was great. I just want to say that. Oh, good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. You know, some people said it was our best episode ever. Literally, some people. It's like three or three or more, right? It's some. So that counts. Nice. What's new in your world since we've last, uh, last recorded this? Not a lot. Just been really getting into Jeopardy. Oh, <laughs> But no, you had some buddies over. Some yep. friends from out of town. Yeah. I had some buddies from out of town stay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else happen over the week? Or, you know, that, that was it? Would uh, you guys you played a video game? Yeah. Would you play? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I, so I don't. So I know you told me all about it and like how much it sold, but I don't even know what the game is about. It's just like a cowboy video mm-hmm. game. Okay. Were you a cowboy? No. That's <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Great. Uh, not a whole lot, but it was nice having my buddies in town. Nice. We hung out. We hung out. We did some drinking games. I made a power hour that was uh cowboy power hour, so it was just like cowboy and western themes. Was Kid Rock's Cowboy in one of those? It was. It was the second song. Yay! I guessed it. I didn't even hear it because I didn't know you did one. So cool. Very cool. All right. But enough about me. (laughs) What's going on with you? Um. So, personally, uh, this weekend has kind of sucked. Uh, I had a breakup yesterday, um, which is appropriate that we're doing Millennium because I'm all I'm going to do is on repeat play Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely for several hours and crying in your corner. So Nice. Cool. <laughs> so way to way to really tie it into the theme. I'm very themey like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> is there anything else? Um so that's okay. So any I, extravagant spendings? <laughs> oh yeah, we still. So we have to get into that. Um, so you know, here's the thing. Um, if for anybody who's listening this episode in real time, when they listen to this, I don't know tomorrow, whenever we launch this thing, um, anybody who is a Backstreet Boy fan or knower of them knows that the boys released a new their second single on Friday called Chances. We watched that video. And um, 
at the same time, or like an hour after they released their highly anticipated single, they finally announced their long-awaited uh, album release date, which is uh, January 25th. And they also released world tour dates, and they're going over like 70, 70 dates that they're doing for their world tour. And then within that time, they've also said, hey, pre-sale for these tickets go on sale 24 hours from now. So they didn't waste any, like we, this is the thing of Backstreet Time that I've told you about before. They make you wait months and months and months. They never tell you when it's coming out. And then they're like, bam, here's everything at once and buy these tickets within 24 hours. I hate them and it's ingenious. I just want to say that. Um, didn't uh, Beyonce invent that? I, you know what? No, she didn't invent that, Jacob. It's not like they dropped an album. See, Beyonce was just like, bam, here's Lemonade. Here you go. And all the music videos for every single single. They didn't do that. But they might as well have because that's... Are you saying that I got beehived? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Wow. We got beehived. That's I cool. Didn't, I didn't get beehived. <laughs> well, you kind of... You through proxy me, you got beehived. I think... I think it may be... Yeah, maybe. But yeah. I was never by the hive... I was never throwing any rocks at the hive. <laughs> I wasn't taunting any bees. I don't think I can get beehived. Because <laughs> you know Beyonce was it has like a, like the beehive or something like that. Whatever. I know what you know what I'm talking about. Whatever. Whatever. Moving on. Moving on. So <laughs> so that happened, and then the breakup happened yesterday morning. Uh, like around the same time as these tickets went on sale. So I might have emotionally purchased um, very expensive tickets and front row for their uh, DNA world tour. And yes, that's what the boys were counting on. <laughs> they planned it that way. Do you think they planned the breakup or my emotional purchase? Yeah. Oh, you think they just set that all up because they have nothing else better to do? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You don't think so? I I think that they're so busy that my love life is very far from the realm of what they need to do. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that is one person's opinion. <laughs> but in the end, I'm right. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that would make me, that would actually, that gives me some comfort of thinking that they were behind this um, instead of my own poor decision making. <laughs> so you find comfort in the idea that they orchestrated a breakup? Yes. Yeah, because then it like. It, this it, is it, like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> this is when the cap, when people were all captive. Uh, identify with their captors. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking, if anything, <laughs> uh, I was thinking that, if anything, it has um, absolved me from any responsibility or accountability in what I've done wrong. So I was thinking that, oh, if the Backstreet Boys were the reason why a breakup happened, then that means that I have no fault in any of this. Mm. Ergo, I, I was right. So, that's what I was thinking. Sure. Well, I mean, we are going to be talking about uh, Millennium later. And uh, from my notes, yeah, maybe they were behind it. Maybe they are the reason. (laughs) 
That does explain why I want to just play on repeat, show me the meaning of being lonely and crying in a corner. They, they've actually been plotting this 25 years in the making of their career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. So, yeah, I, I foolishly, or not so foolishly, I, I bought, I'm just going to say it, I spent $550 plus insurance per ticket to get the front row pit. And backstage, not even the backstage meet and greets, because the backstage meet and greets were eight fifty to a thousand dollars per person, um, which is yeah, that's just crazy. And then um, in the in the evening to cope with my pain, um, I was on the chat room with all the other fans who, like me, were like, "What the fuck did I just do? Like spending that kind of money?" And then we all complained about how expensive we were. And then I followed it up with, I know we're all complaining, but yet we still bought the tickets. And like, that's the thing of like, you're like, oh shit, these are expensive. But if I don't buy them, I'm a fucking idiot. So I'm just going to buy them. Like that is literally how the chat rooms went yesterday. They're like, that's oh. a That's a good message for all our, <laughs> our female Backstreet Boys fans. Listen, women, you are not powerful. You are not in control. The boys control you. <laughs> they have all the power. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> they just have all the power. Now empty your wallets. <laughs> I don't know what a financial hangover is, but I have one of those right now where I'm just like, I saw the, the Capital One fraud alert. They're like, did you really purchase this? And I'm like, yeah, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. So, yeah, that was that was yesterday. It was. I haven't reaped the benefits I thought was going to make me feel better, and it, it didn't. Yeah. But I haven't gone to the show yet. So I'm sure come October 10th, I will for sure be over this breakup. I wonder if we Fingers can... Crossed. I wonder if we can call the uh, Capital One Fraud Alert hotline and see what their take on this whole situation is. <laughs> right? Just give a call. Like, it was, it, while it wasn't technically fraud, it was a breakup purchase. What do you do for those? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, That's... usually it's just like a bottle of wine and maybe chocolates and then <laughs> some tissues. Um, I was told, you know, some people eat chocolate. They don't buy Backstreet Boy tickets. And I was like, well, then you're not thinking big. Yeah. So, sucks to be you. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, the Backstreet Boys have a their tour, and their new album is called DNA. Um, I made Jacob watch the promo video for the DNA tour because... What does uh, DNA stand for? Oh, I didn't even look that. What does it stand for? Do I think you know? It's dioxyribonucleic acid are you serious yeah okay because i didn't i didn't know that maybe it stands for something no that that sounds very formal uh different for them do yeah. their thing no no i think that they were trying to say that each d sweet d, sweet, sweet d. is nick and a, a is aj maybe it's just a howie nick aj tour oh maybe they got rid of kevin and brian oh sad but maybe better. 
<laughs> Maybe these are the appropriate steps that they should have been taking. Right? I guess so. Yeah. I guess, but what we saw Brian and Kevin in the promo video, why would it have just been those three? Maybe they got uh, holograms. Oh. To stand in for them. I see. But secretly they got... Uh, they got the boot. Yeah, they got canned. <laughs> oh, no. Well, this is upsetting. We Sorry, didn't... Kevin. Can't be a boy anymore. Time to be a man. <laughs> you too, Brian. Oh, dear God. So anyway, yeah, so we did, we watched the promo DNA video, and I made you watch their new single, Chances, which I yes. love. Um, it was written by, co-written by Sean Mendez. Have you heard of Sean Mendez? Yes, I know who Sean Mendez is. And one of the guys from One Republic also mm. co-wrote it. I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, it's also a group. They sing that song, Apologize. Like, it's too late to apologize. Like, a few years back. They sing other songs, too, but that's the one I remember off the top of my head. That sounds more of a, like a response than a song. It's too late <laughs> to apologize. No, that's the... the whatever. Anyway. <laughs> that's uh, basically the text I got this morning. Nice. <laughs> <It's very relevant>. <laughs> <laughs> um so there's that uh yeah so now um but don't worry listeners i bought jacob's ticket so jacob is gonna join me and my good friend natalie on the dna tour yep how do you feel about seeing the backstreet boys at their 25th anniversary tour 25th well, yeah, they're 25 years now. It'll be 26 then, but they're celebrating 25 years. Hmm. Pretty cool, actually. Oh. And it'll be two days before my birthday. That's right. That was uh, a unexpected birthday gift for you, Jacob. Just wanted to let you know that. Good. Yep. Uh, if it is a birthday gift, then can we bring someone else inside from uh, Natalie instead? Can we give her a ticket to someone else? No! Since it's my birthday. <laughs> What a shitty thing to say. <laughs> Natalie is already hurt by the last comment you made about her. So for any listener who's listened to the Halloween episode, Jacob at the very end made a, a very big dig at Natalie and she heard it and she is very upset by this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she sure is, listeners. <laughs> so Fine, Natalie can come. Oh, can yay. Okay. Why? Who were you going to bring if it wasn't her? Can't bring Howie because he's already there. Yeah. No, I already know that sweet D's waiting for me. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to embarrass you so much at this concert. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to say, get huh? out of the way. I'm here for the sweet D and the sweet D only. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> maybe I'll make a t-shirt and wear it oh please don't do that give me that sweet <laughs> oh my god please don't wear that I mean you can I just won't be walking anywhere near you so yeah sweet D or bust <laughs> Jesus okay you know on that note everyone <laughs> so this episode is dedicated to the millennium album 
and uh, we listened to the album in its entirety. It is the Backstreet Boys' um, best-selling album. Uh, it sold a total of 30 million albums, and uh, when it first came out, it broke world records for selling uh, 1.1 million albums in its first week, and it beat uh, Garth Brooks' record of a million albums. So mm. it definitely did commercially very well. Um, historically, one of their best albums so far, although that might be replaced by DNA. Well, we won't know until January 25th. But anyway, um, so it's one of their, uh, definitely one of their best albums. And I... Um, made Jacob also watch all the promo videos for uh, the Millennium album. So if you, um, like me, um, were a big fan of theirs back in the day you and watched television, you probably saw that there was these highly promoted video, uh, commercials that came out uh, for the uh, Millennium album, and each of the boys were doing a different thing. So, like, Nick was... Uh, right, like Tarzan going through the jungle. Brian was a gladiator. Kevin was driving through the pyramids. Howie running of the bulls. And AJ um, was a British guard, right? And so that was each of them. And each of them say, um, the countdown is on. And then it says, Backstreet Boys into the millennium, May 18th, blah, blah, blah. So we watched each of those. What were your thoughts? About the promos? Yeah. Uh, I didn't care for any of them. Oh. Uh, and also the quality was such crap. Yeah. It looked like it, it wasn't pixely. It was pixely. Well, we were watching it on YouTube, so I don't know if it was YouTube, but I think remembering back, it was not very, like the CGI was not good at all. Yeah. At least from today's standards. Kevin's graphics looked like uh, they were made for a... Sega Genesis video game. Oh, yes. I think so. If you had had to pick a favorite or that you found the least uh, offensive. Obnoxious. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I don't know if they, okay, sure. Uh, sure, at least offensive. Who, who was it? I think the white Tarzan was the most offensive. <laughs> so, thanks, racist Nick. Oh, my God. Maybe... Howie's was the I, best. I knew you were going to say that. I just knew it. Was AJ being racist to the British? Well, he wasn't being particularly... Uh... Culturally sensitive? Yes. Okay. And what about Kevin? Kevin was too pixely. Mm. So, very Brian? offensive. You're always offended by Brian. Brian's... I'm not sure if I entirely got it. He's a gladiator. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Which I think he actually was the most culturally appropriate, if that's what we had to go for, because the Romans, right? Sure. Okay. Great. Howie's was great. Okay, yes, I know. Howie's was great. Howie's was the best. Okay. Well, good. You heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> Howie's promo was the best. <laughs> Um, so the overall album of Millennium, what'd you think? Um, you listened to all the songs. I did. I listened to all the songs. I actually gave them each a score. Oh, okay. What's and they the got score? pretty good scores. Really? Yeah, but also, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> What's the score?
score like at one through ten or one through what? Well, so anyway, so Millennium. My first note after listening to the whole thing, depraved. Oh my god! Wait, question: How sober were you when you listened to this entire album? Uh, sober. Oh, you were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yes. Depraved is the first note that I have. Why? For this album. You have a song called It's Gotta Be You, mm-hmm. followed by a song called I Need You Tonight, <laughs> followed by a song called Don't Want You Back, <laughs> followed by a song called Don't Want to Lose You Now. <laughs> I think you just summarized the last 48 hours of my love life. <laughs> I mean, that is twisty. <laughs> Pretty twisted. <laughs> have a bunch of songs like, oh, I love you. It's gotta <laughs> be you and I need you. And actually, I don't want you back. And also, <laughs> actually, kidding. I don't want to lose you now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So. Take what you will from that. So, I gave him a score of one to four stars. Okay. And I was being very nice. I think. For music that I probably won't listen to again. <laughs> fair. But fair just giving fair. a first listen to. Larger Than Life, I gave them four stars. Really? Yeah. What made you give them four? Is that, would you say that's one of your favorite on the album? No. Okay. Well, why four stars? Four out of, you said four out, one through four? Four to four. Four to four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A why? good solid song. About their fans, and it has a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And the video was nice. The video is very futuristic. Wow. The video is very, uh, actually makes me think of uh, everybody. Oh, well, we'll get to that because I do have some notes about Larger Than Life oh, okay. and the common elements of everybody. Mm-hmm. I want it that way. Five stars. But you're such a liar. You said one out of four. And then now you gave it five? I want it that way. It gets five stars. Really? Is it because it's your favorite? I like that song a lot. That's a good song. Do you really? Oh. Well, look at that. Show me the meaning of being lonely. Okay. I gave it four stars because it's a very sad song. It is. And it's not a horny boy song. Yes, that's right. It's just sad. Which most of their songs are horny boy songs. <laughs> well, when you're t- when the title is called Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, it pretty much is exactly what you expect it to be. It's not going to be upbeat or loving in any way. I mean, that's like the saddest of the saddest titles you could ever come up with. Like, it's basically the equivalent, like, I don't want to die alone. It might as well be similar to that kind of title reference. Continue. Um, it's got to be you. Three and a half. Oh. Why three and a half and not a three or a four? I don't know. Okay. I also have a note here, but I can't... Oh, wait, yeah. Oh, I think... I didn't really care for it, but it is one of those kind of songs that pumps you up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like if you were going to do a workout or something. Oh, yeah. But out of that context, I don't think I would enjoy that song. But in that context, I probably would give it a five. Mm. But out of it, just a general my life context, three and a half. Okay. I Need You Tonight, which basically is just Nick. Yep, it's a Nick solo. Uh, I gave it a three. Three, okay. 
Why three? Uh. Yeah, you felt like eh. But there was one part where he sounds like Stevie Wonder and Brian Adams. Oh, I could see a Brian Adams. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, don't want you back. Five stars. Oh, really? Five stars? I like the message. <laughs> it speaks very specifically. Um, it's actually one of my favorite songs on their album. Mm. Fun fact. Don't Want You Back was actually supposed to be a single. Mm. and um, But instead, it became the one because uh, TRL, the Backstreet Boys had TRL. Um, sorry, let me go back. The Backstreet Boys asked their fans to pick from three singles that were potential like releases for their next single. It was Don't Want You Back, the one, and I think think it was Back to Your Heart, but at the third one, I'm not... No, no, I was looking at the name oh. titles, not your ratings. Um, so, I, But I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, so Don't Want You Back was in the lead of votes, and then the Backstreet Boys were on, and, and uh, Carson Daly was like, oh, so if you guys had to pick what the single was, what would it be? And then Nick was like, well, I kind of like the one. And then all the fans voted for the one because Nick liked it so much. So I'm a little pissed at Nick, still to this day, that he couldn't just let the fans pick Don't don't Want You Back. Because I liked it better than the one. But that's my two cents. Anyway. That's because uh, the boys are in control. <laughs> Not the fans. <laughs> um... Don't want to lose you now. Two and a half. Wow. Because having a song called Don't Want to Lose You Now that follows a song called Don't Want You Back is sick. <laughs> Two and a half. Actually. Oh, you're changing it. Let's make it a one. Wow. Like, like, make up your mind. Do you don't want me back or you don't want to lose me? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Also, uh, very unforgettable. Hmm. I do not remember what this song sounds like right now to save my life. Do you want me to sing it to you? Uh, no, we have other stuff to do. <laughs> the one. Probably better off. <laughs> the one. I gave it a four. Hmm. Maybe this should have been like a five. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you really like the one? Well, in the context of the album. I liked it enough to give it a four. Now, if you would have voted, I'm assuming you would have picked Don't Want You, uh, Don't Want you Back is what you would have voted for. Yeah. So, again, that would have been the single. Back to Your Heart, I gave a four. Hmm. Oh, Smash Eyes, I gave five. You did? Yeah, I really liked the beat. And because Howie sings a lot of it? Um, that I didn't know. Hmm. I don't know what they sound like. I only know what Nick sounds like. Interesting. Not even Brian. I thought you would know at least know what Brian sounds like because you like his voice so much. Maybe. Okay. Uh, no one else comes close. Two. Ooh. Didn't care for this one. Um. Yeah, I didn't really like it either. So it's almost like no one else comes close to remembering this song. It's pretty unforgettable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, the perfect fan two. Oh, really? So I first I put it on, 
And then I first listened to, like, I first focused on the lyrics right at the part where it says something showed me how to love. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this song is about, you know, their first crush or first, mm-hmm. you know, person that they dated or mm-hmm. first person they boned. And then it was like, mom. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> That's no, a- it's not. It's dedicated to their moms. That's so sweet. That is sweet. But when I hear something like, just out of context, you showed fan. me how to love a perfect fan. That sounds. But is that okay? But do you not think that your your mom is kind of like the example of like teaches you how to love because you got unconditional love from your mom? Like that's the best kind of love there is. Is that unconditional one? So that's the first experience you have sure. of love is from your parents. But I'm not a horny boy band. Oh my god! I'm not. Horny boys. But you like Larger Than Life, and it's not a horny boy song, as well as Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely. No, those aren't horny boy songs. So how could you not, in ergo, love the perfect fan? When the majority of your songs are horny boy songs. Oh, my God. It's just a safe assumption to assume that the song is about being horny. I, I'm so disappointed that you did not love that song. I will. Okay, so here's my thing. Millennium is not one of my favorite albums of the Backstreet Boys. That doesn't mean I don't like it. I'm saying it's not my favorite because I'm not in... I felt... I actually was surprised that this second album had as many slow songs as it did for Mm -hmm. being so commercially popular. And maybe because their singles, with the exception of Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, weren't like slow songs. Um, But I felt like toward the end of Millennium... I felt like the songs were a little bit weak. So I that's that's my very strict opinion on that. Yeah. Yeah, Perfect Fan was... But I love the Perfect Fan. Yeah, it's a cute song. I thought that um, it was very interesting that their like, most successful, like their biggest album, they decided to dedicate a song to their moms and they dedicated a song to their fans. I thought that showed a lot of like... That's the essence of their humility that I love so much. Mm, true. Mm-hmm. So one of the boys um, co-wrote... Uh, who do you think co-wrote the most songs on this album? Brian. Is that because you looked it up? Yeah. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> do you know which ones he co-wrote? Because I do. Uh, he did Larger Than Life. He did The Perfect Fan. And then did he do Back to Your Heart? The one. Kevin oh, did the Back one. to Your Heart. That's right. So, okay. So, the the fact that Brian wrote the two, co-wrote the two songs that were like thank yous and dedications to like the moms and the fans. Like, what is that? T- I think that says, I think that says something nice about Brian. Maybe Brian is the only one that really cares. And not all the rest of them do. Mm, that's <laughs> you just have to take it to such a dark place, don't you? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not as dark as you. Oh, I mean, yeah, pretty, pretty dark and twisted. Yeah. Again, I did. I mention I'll be crying in the corner with <laughs> showing the meaning of being lonely for the rest of this evening, as I will. Um, no, I think that like I think that Brian probably does have the most humility. Even though you might not agree with him a majority of the time, but if he if he could put that effort into writing a song, 
about the fans and writing a song about his parents or his mom in particular, their moms in particular. I think that that says something. Yeah. Okay. What were your overall other views on the album listening to it? Was it exactly what you thought it would be? Yep. Okay. <laughs> but I do love I Want It That Way. So so what would your, be your two, okay, so your two or three favorite songs is what, Larger Than Life, Don't Want You Back, and I Want It That Way? Based on your ratings? Spanish Eyes. Oh, yes, and Spanish Eyes. I do like Spanish Over eyes. Larger Than Life. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's like the one. Okay. Um, I have a quote for you. Okay. All music gave it four out of five stars. And the guy said, or the person said, Millennium has no pretense of being anything other than an album for the moment Delivering more of everything that made Backstreet's Back the album a blockbuster. What do you think? Well, so that that review was done when that album first came out, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the I disagree with that quote because the fact that I want it that way is the most well-known song of theirs, and twenty years later is still as well known as it is and is one of like the top grossest selling albums at 30 million albums sold um i i disagree with that maybe maybe in that moment it's hard for me to what i would i agree with but i think is an unfair statement is that there's a lot of albums that are done in the moment of whatever the artist is thinking or feeling or whatever but it's it's to say like it's a pretense of like backstreet's back fame i disagree with like i i think if you listen to their first album which was very 90s dance pop and then you listen to millennium the sounds are different like they're not entirely the same so it's a little bit more uh slow paced than i thought it would i thought millennium would have a lot more 90s dance songs Mm -hmm. um there was like a little like pop dance and then but there's a lot of like slow numbers in millennium that um and they started to do a little bit more of their own um songwriting and a little bit more of like i think kevin plays the piano and back to your heart a little bit more playing with instruments and things of that nature so i don't know i'm not entirely on board with that comment Hmm. what are your thoughts i don't know i don't think i can say anything yeah because i haven't listened to the album that's compared in this that's fair but you know okay so the first album being as long as you love me quit playing games with my heart everybody you know those songs you've heard those songs i like that i like that a lot you yeah, like those I songs. I like those songs. I'll probably like that album more than this one. You, I actually like that album more than this one. Um, and I, like, this wasn't one of my favorites. I, I thought that they were trying to be more all, um, adult contemporary. And I thought maybe that was what they were going for. And they obviously succeeded because it did really well. Um, but I wouldn't say that it was a duplicate of their first album because you know those songs and I don't think any of those songs with the exception of Larger Than Life really sounded like any of those other songs. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, Larger Than Life uh, stands out for sure. Yeah. Um, so... Marketing-wise... Yeah. It was called Millennium. Mm-hmm. But it was Came out in 1999. In May. 
Yes, it came out in May of 1999, right before Millennium. So it was very timely, you know. Seven months before the Millennium. Yeah. No, but you don't think, I mean, it's not like they did it in 1995 and called it Millennium. Like it was a few months before Millennium. I think it was appropriately timed, no? Seven months. Yes. Millennium was released in November. Okay. So Will Smith is more relevant in the album than... Um, I just think as far as... Also, Will Smith copied Millennium if Millennium came out first. Just saying. He copied... Perhaps he copied, but he probably said, here's where they messed up, and this is where I'm going to do it right. Okay. Did he do it right? Because how many albums did Will Lennium sell? Uh, probably not 30,000 or 30 million. Just, just saying. Sure. I'm just... So did he do it right? Because he didn't. He probably thought he did, but he did not. But continue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. The argument is going to be they sold 30 million albums, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's going to be my argument, and I think it stands up pretty well. Uh, conceptually, though, that doesn't work. Okay, sure. Why does Conceptually, it not work if it's the year that the millennium is coming up? Because uh, there's whole there's this whole thing about a countdown in the promos. Yes. And then it's like some random day in May. Mm-hmm. Whereas Will's was just a little bit closer to that point of... Which was big, too, because that was Y2K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was a huge thing. Remember when they talked about how like all the computers were gonna crash and like all of our technology and their larger than life video was like up. starts at like it has a countdown. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it make more sense for them to put it at the end of the year? I mean, it could have. You also have to realize as we talk about Backstreet Boy time that we had to wait over two years for their album to come out. From when it was first released. I think even three years, because, yeah, it was like 97. Hmm. So three years between when their first album came out until their Millennium one. Oh, my God, it was so freaking obnoxious. But hmm. 25 years later, here we are, still waiting on albums to come out, releasing stuff in real time, whatever. It's fine. I'm still not over it. But the point is, maybe May was too long for some of us. That's all I'm saying. Fun fact, I ditched uh, school the day that the album came out, and I went to the Harlem Irving Plaza to go buy the album. Nice. Mm -hmm. Was there a line? No, I went during the day when there's no line. There were people that, uh, when it came out at midnight, like if like Tower Records or whatever, those people like waited out in line. I couldn't do that because I was, what, 14, 15 at the time, and uh, my mom wouldn't let me. So then I showed her and I did school. <laughs> Take Just, that, Mom. <laughs> oh, by the way, my mom started listening to our podcast, so she's now going to find out. <laughs> uh, and she's the perfect fan. <laughs> so a big take that to the perfect fan. <laughs> sorry, Mom. That's sorry. <laughs> you know what? If the, if the worst thing I did in high school was ditch to go get a Backstreet Boy album. I was the perfect child. So you're welcome, Mom. There. Uh, there. Don't brag about that. 
why I didn't date what's in the, high school. What's <laughs> what's the opposite of a brag? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I was a big loser back in high school. So there we go. Tight. <laughs> um, Great. If any of our listeners uh, of this podcast were big losers in high school or are big losers now in high school, uh, please feel free to uh, send us a message and maybe we'll read it on our next podcast <laughs> oh, episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs>mention i didn't uh we didn't talk about this and i apologize um the intro to this podcast was done by a great fan of ours called obscure backstreet also known as rachel she did the keyboard introduction for this larger than life intro so i apologize rachel i did not start off by mentioning that also i have not heard this yet so i do not endorse (laughs) but we'll play it anyway because we've said it already now. <laughs> Can't edit it now. Or crap. Anyway. So we have watched um, all the videos to uh, to this album. We're not going to talk about I Want It That Way because we already did that in our Beth interview. So sorry, listeners. If you tune in just to hear us talk about I Want It That Way, skip back two episodes and then you get to hear all about it in episode seven. So there. But we will talk about Larger Than Life. Which I think is one of my favorite, it's my second favorite Backstreet Boy video. And my first one is Everybody, which again, we're not going to talk about because then you can go back to episode 8 to hear all about Everybody. Yeah. See how I did that? I did. That was well done, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know <laughs> if I could do that through episodes 1 through 6, but I'll make it work. Um, so, uh, interesting tidbits about Larger Than Life. The, um, so I saw this on Wikipedia as I was researching our videos today that we're watching. You know the driver and everybody? Yes. His face was used as the robot in Larger Than Life. I didn't know that. So when they're in the spaceship and it's like the video starting and then you see a little robot walking around with the face, I never knew whose face that was. And it was the face of the driver from everybody. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, so the same director, Joseph Kahn, directed Larger Than Life, who did everybody. Mm. So when you said that it was like kind of similar in that way, it, it probably was, because Joseph Kahn did it. That makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the 14th uh, most expensive video ever made. How much do you think it costs to make this video? The 14th most, most expensive, expensive yeah. video uh-huh. to be made? Yeah. Ever? I don't know what the first one is, though. I didn't look up 1 through 13. Because I was only looking up these videos. What do I think what is what? How much do you think they spent on Larger Than Life? Now, remember, this is like back in 1999. Money, cash, whatever. Of what would be expensive then. Is it more than a million? Yes. Is it seventeen million? Oh no! It's only two point one million. Oh, thank God! <laughs> that just goes to show you, though, what kind of like cash money the Backstreet Boys were working with then—two point one million. Yeah. So, just saying. Uh, what are your thoughts on the video? 
Um, I liked it. I liked Howie's because Howie made me think of Fifth Element. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that with the yellow suit and the red stripe, right? Yeah. Um, the next part reminded me of, made me think of like iRobot and Bumblebee from Transformers. <laughs> oh, I see that. Uh, what's his face? Reminded me of, uh, oh, Brian. Mm-hmm. What did Brian, uh, Brian was on the surfboard. No, like, I know. Okay. I'm trying to think. Of, I don't know. Okay. I think it was really only Howie and Nick really kind of stood out. But, uh, yeah, it was good. It kind of reminded me think of, um, the Spice World video. Oh, I could see that. Yes. Totally. Yeah, because in Spice World, they're like in the fighting the planes just like Kevin is. Yeah. I liked, I thought AJ's orange, uh, not orange, uh, purple, purple, uh, with the like tubes coming out or whatever. That was pretty cool. I liked Brian's flying surfboard. Kevin was like the fighter pilot. Howie was, he reminded, okay, you know what actually I thought of with Howie's, that Jamiroquai video. Oh, yeah. Virtual insanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about the with the thing going backwards. Yeah, yeah. that's what Howie's reminded me of, which was really relevant because it was around that same time period. And then uh, Nick's robot. I like the robot. Um, I thought it was good. I don't know if I had a specific favorite from all these. I thought they were all pretty cool in their own way. It was a good video. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought because we watched the one. Here's like the only not complaint. But, yeah, no, this is my complaint. But, so the one is this music video dedicated to their fans, right? Sure. But Larger Than Life was dedicated to their fans. Yeah. So they should have swapped them, although I love the video for Larger Than Life, and I wouldn't want it to change, but I just always am like, you guys always contradict yourselves all the time. And that was one of the ways that I thought they did that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Then they had uh, their little dance intro where they were wearing like the leather suits doing their their dance. Right. So leather daddies. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Nice. We'll have to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Um. So there. Um. Now. Uh, I don't really have too much to talk about for the one other than it was a video montage of all of their Into the Millennium Tour that they did. What did you think of the video? I thought it was a montage of, what did you say? (laughs) Their live, the thing I just said? Yeah. Their live performances for the Into Into Millennium Tour? Yes. Those are my thoughts. Okay. Exactly. I could care less for that video, and I know it was dedicated to us fans, and I could have cared less. I think right. I'm still angry that that wasn't the song that it was supposed to be. Yeah. So, there. Right. I don't dislike the song. It just wasn't supposed to be the... Could you imagine how great of a music video Don't Want You Back would have been? I think it would have been amazing. And we'll never know now. How would you direct that video? Oh, good question. I think I would have... How would I have directed that? So you know how like the call had uh, that one girl that they were all chasing after? Yeah. 
I think it would have been a similar like premise to that. Like if I could have d directed Don't Want You Back, it probably would have been one girl that they uh, all had dated and didn't know that they all dated and something dark and twisty. Because it has, what about you? It's like catfishing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, like a catfish. Yes, catfishing. How, what would you have done? I don't know. Ah. I think I have to listen to it again. Mm. Gotcha. So then, last but not least, to be fair, Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely was released before the one, but we skipped ahead. Yeah. So, um, but, so that video is, I think, the most substantial video they've ever put out. Like, it was very deep. Very, very deep video. I liked it a lot. It's so, it's like the cinematography for that video is, I, I think, really well done because it's very dark and grainy and black and white, mm -hmm. but then there's some little tints of color in some parts. So I thought that was good. I, I kind of like the quality of the video. I don't know if you, so the, the background of that video was that, um, in that music video for Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, um, every story with the exception of Nick, has something that actually happened to one of the boys mm. that uh, talks about like a loss of some kind. So when it starts with Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, you see Brian in a hospital bed. And the year prior, he had open heart surgery because he was born with a heart defect. Mm. So he almost died. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that, that was actually like a near-death experience that he talked about in the video. Then uh, the second one is Kevin with uh, real footage of his dad. And we know that he lost right. his dad. And so the clip where you see the, the video of the dad coming up to the screen is actually Kevin's dad. Um, then Howie uh, lost his sister the year before to lupus. Mm. Um, so his sister passed and um, that was about his sister. And then AJ had um, an ex-girlfriend many, many years ago who died in a car accident. And that was about that. And then, uh, but with Nick, they didn't have anything for Nick that was like of that kind of loss. Mm -hmm. uh, so he didn't he didn't have a storyline that was connected to that, other than rescuing the girl that almost got hit by the bus that AJ was on. Um, so that that's like kind of they they took from their own personal lives and put it into that video, which I thought made it really substantial and significant in that way. So maybe. Maybe this, even though Millennium's not my favorite, it's probably the most, one of the most intimate albums they've had. Hmm. That's how I would critique that. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Did, what were your thoughts on the video? Um, I liked it. I mean, you know, pretty, uh, pretty sad, uh, mm -hmm. you know, content material, but very different yeah. and... Yeah. I wonder, like, if when they were doing, when they were talking about this album or, like, releasing songs, I wonder if they thought that having such a depressing song, good song, very emotional, like, vocally, it sounded great, but, like, the song is so sad. I wonder if they thought, this is just too sad to release. I don't know. But it's really good. I really like it a lot. Yeah. And they do a great job of it seeing it live. Mm -hmm. Also that. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think after everybody in uh, I Want It That Way and even Larger Than Life, Show Me the Meaning probably sticks out as a Backstreet Boys song for me when I think of them. Really? But I try to think of the ones that I know. Okay. Yeah. 
That one does stick out. It does? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Is it because it's so different? Yeah, I like the guitar in it. Yes. Yeah, the guitar was really good. Yeah. Makes me think of Enrique Iglesias. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those are all of my thoughts on Millennium. Um, if you had to eliminate one song from Millennium, what would you eliminate? Oh. Um, don't want to lose you now. I would say no one else comes close. Okay. I would scrap that song in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Why is oh, that? I just like, I just don't need, like, it just didn't connect with me. I didn't feel like, I was like, eh, mm-hmm. eh, it's fine. Sure. Yeah. That was it. Like, just no, mo- for me, no emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to also briefly, because we didn't talk about it the last time. So when we did the Halloween episode, um, AJ had a solo single out called Night Visions. Right. And um, even though, okay, what are your thoughts on AJ releasing a solo song at the same time that they're releasing a group album? Is that, a, is that good or bad? Like commercially, what do you think? Like, do you think it's good that he's doing this solo thing in midst of, like, this big tour and this big album, and like, announcement? Because I feel like it could go one of two ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have, right now, the Backstreet Boys are actually very popular. Like, uh, clearly from the ticket prices that I will never financially recover from. But they're doing really well. So, in one way... AJ can do this solo thing on the coattails of their commercial success and it could be really well received or he can't give it all of his focus because he has to give all of the focus to the group, which is obviously where your priority lies. Right. So that's why I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know why this would be the time that you would want to release a country album as you are now, unless it's just like a pet project for him and it doesn't matter either way. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe that is what it is. But um, I like Night Visions. I made you watch it. I made you watch the video and all that. Uh, a His daughter did a cameo at the end. Right. That was really adorable. Um, I was thinking that it was a very Ryan Gosling drive type of character he was doing. Right. So I kind of like that. But that was me. Um, and the fact that he's... Dipping into country is different, but I don't know how the country world will receive him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. But yeah, so that's it for this episode. We've talked about Millennium. Uh, and tune in. Oh, wait, what episode are we doing next? I know which one we're doing next one. Do you know? Is it Millennium? <laughs> no, silly. We just did oh, Millennium. Is it Willennium? No, it's definitely not Willennium. We're going to watch uh, the movie Dead 7. Oh, cool. Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, You have it? I I can get it. I can get like it. Like through Amazon or something? Yeah, probably. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, we will watch the movie Dead 7, which is a zombie movie that Nick wrote and produced not directed um and it has a whole bunch of boy band actors in it and i think we should have natalie be one of our guest stars because she was with me for walker stalker uh where i met nick 
and he would, you know, did Walker Stalker specifically for Dead Seven, so mm-hmm. it would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. All right, guys, tune in next week. Thank you for all your love and support as always. And again, I'm Taylor. <laughs> I'm Jacob. All right, and enjoy your week. Bye. Bye. sat there and I was saying to one of these forums, I'm like, if I'm going to spend this money, I should be able to at least make out with one of them. Like, I just feel like I need a free dinner. I mean, I know I'm going to get like an autographed poster and all that, but I just feel like it's just not enough. (laughs) Somebody needs to put out or something.